Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue in Shia, we're going to discuss benching, or birchas hamazon, and why exactly it is that we bench. Now, you might intuitively dismiss this question and offer one of two very basic answers, neither of which is really incorrect. Right? You'll say, listen, it's in this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Akev, it's an explicit command, it's a mitzvah in the Torah, that we have to bless Hashem after we eat. So, of course, since it's a mitzvah, since it's a commandment in the Torah, that is why we bench, because Hashem said so. So, again, technically not incorrect. And you might also say, the reason why we bench is a gesture, an expression, or a display of hakaras hatov, or gratitude, to Hashem for having provided us the food. And once again, that's technically not incorrect. But if it's for just these two reasons, one, because it's a biblical command, or two, because we have to show gratitude. So what we're going to see is that neither of these two answers are really complete. And if you think about it, these two answers, we can make the argument that they sort of undercut one another. They don't have to, but you can make the argument. So, for example, if we bench because it's a biblical command, because it's an obligation, we have to, well, then that doesn't sound like it's the most genuine form of a gesture of gratitude, right? Gratitude is something that you have not because it was warranted by any kind of coercion, by any kind of obligation, but because you are acknowledging and showing Hashem this gratitude. You are deciding to say thank you, right? And if it's, if really is gratitude, right, that it's coming out of the goodness of my heart, the acknowledgement, the recognition of the hatava, the good that Hashem has done for me, the tov that Hashem has given me. So then, again, if it's coming just from that pure gratitude, then why does Hashem have to command it, right? It shouldn't have to be a mitzvah. Right, so either way you turn, you know, you, it looks like you know we're stuck in this catch twenty-two. Is it an obligation, or is it a heartfelt gesture? Now it could be both, right? You know, when it comes to davening, we have a similar conundrum that we have a mitzvah of tefillah, and yet it's supposed to come from our hearts. And you know, we, we've had a similar argument when it came to the building the mishkan, right? There was a commandment v'yasuli mikdash basocham, and yet Hashem said it should be from the nadiva slave. It should come from a goodwill donation. So, which one is it? And apparently, it doesn't have to be a contradiction. But I think that we have to. For, for looking at these two answers as the answers, we have to try to get a better understanding of what it is Hashem is looking for from us. And the other thing is that if we look really closely at the Torah's presentation of this mitzvah or this gesture of thanksgiving, right? If we look really closely at the way the Torah presents it in this week's parsha and Parsha's Akev, for some reason, it's not given the model of a typical mitzvah, right? It's a very unique way to present a mitzvah. And it's kind of complex. Like the Torah seems to go out of its way. It's not only give us historical background, as we're going to see for, the, for this mitzvah, but it even gives us forewarning. It tells us, you know, what would happen if we didn't do such a thing, which is very, very strange. The, you know, in a typical mitzvah in the Torah, look in Parshas Kiseitzeh, look in Parshas Mishpatim, places where we have a bunch of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs can be as simple as being listed in a single line. And indeed, the mitzvah of benching is really mentioned in a single line. Right? We say it in our benching, the, the, the famous pasuk um, that ends, 
That is the line from which we learn the mitzvah of benching, and it's in Perak Ches, in Pasuk Yud, in Sefer Devarim. But again, if you look, surrounding that Pasuk is the entire discussion that the Torah really wants us to see when it comes to how we're supposed to act when we eat food. And a regular biblical commandment shouldn't require that. And not only that, again, if it's just a gesture of thanksgiving, we would argue that you shouldn't really need any historical background for that either, right? Anytime someone does you a favor, you don't need to go into the history of the, you know, of the relationship. How did the person get here to this point? The moment that the person does a good thing for you, basic akar and gratitude would tell you to say thank you. I, you know, yes, you know, it's important to know if the guy worked really hard to do that good thing for you. So it's, it's very important to be able to look at the entire story, I guess, and see how we got to that point. But basic baseline gratitude is what I'm arguing now. Basic baseline gratitude is something that at the very moment that you notice that someone did something good for you, you could say thank you. And of course, benching berchasamazon is not merely saying thank you, right? Because if it was just a, um, a gesture of gratitude and even a, a biblical commandment that you have to thank Hashem, so why can't it be as simple as rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub? Or if you don't want to make a joke out of it, you could just say thank you Hashem for the food. Why is the formula for berchasamazon so complex and so complicated? And it ha- happens to be, it is. If you look in the Gemara and Brachos, which talks about the formula, so apparently there was originally a bracha, a birchas hazan, right? And the Gemara tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu instituted the bracha, and particularly in response to the mun of all things. Not the first time that they ever ate bread in their lives or ate food in their lives, but in response to the mun, Moshe Rabbeinu instituted the first bracha. Apparently there's a birchas haaretz. Okay, well, we can understand from the Pasuk why that would be, right? The Pasuk says, That's the, in the, 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 very brach, the very Pasuk that talks about benching. So it, uh, it's, it's, it's right there. It talks about the good land. But what in the world does the good land have to do with our eating food? Or you could eat food anywhere. I, you know, I'm not currently standing in Eretz Yisrael. I, I just had a, a piece of pizza before. And afterwards, I made a Berchas HaMazon. And... I'm not an Eretz Yisrael as I'm making that bracha. So what in the world is the relevance of the good land? And yet, when they entered Eretz Yisrael, um, Yehoshua, the Gemara tells us, instituted the bracha of, the bracha of Allah Aretz. And the Gemara tells us for some reason that a part of the components of, of, of benching in the Birchas Aretz, you have to mention bris and you have to mention Torah. Right, so the sarenu, the the bris that you that you cut and sealed in our bodies and our flesh, and and also on the the on your Torah. These are apparently among the things that we have to thank Hashem for. And then there's another bracha on binyan Yerushalayim, which what has to do what with eating? Not so clear. But the the two parts of the binyan Yerushalayim bracha were instituted respectively by David Hamelech and Shlomo Hamelech. And then we know um, that there's another bracha. The, uh, the, the bracha that was instituted by the Chachne Yavne in response to the Haruge Betar. Um, the, the, this was a story that we referenced in our last Real Talk Torah on Tuba Av. Um, um, and when we, when we spoke about the Tuba Av um, background. But the, the story that uh, the, the bodies of the Haruge Betar were not decomposed and they were able to get a Kvura. So we have the bracha Hatov Ametev, which was instituted much later. But Again, like, why do you need all of this? 
you know, uh, why every time I say thank you to Hashem for giving me food, do I have to mention my bris milah? And why do I have to mention the? Why do I have to mention Eretz Yisrael? And why why do I have to talk about rebuilding of Yerushalayim? Like the, like that has seemingly nothing to do with saying thank you. Like we're you know we're almost like cruising through our entire history when we when we when we thank Hashem for bread. It's something you know seemingly it should be so simple. Just say thank you, you know, thank you for the for the food, and yet we have to do so much more. So why exactly is the formula so oddly specific and so so much broader? And maybe so much more complex and specific than just thanking Hashem for the food. So again, is, is it just a mitzvah? Because if it's just a mitzvah, Moshe Rabbeinu does not need to present historical background and issues of forewarning when communicating this basic requirement. You know, it's not like, oh, and if you don't do this mitzvah, something bad's going to happen to you. You know, like, not every mitzvah does the Torah list a punishment. There are some that the Torah does. Here, the Torah does not just list like a punishment, but the Torah lists a whole possibility of, of, of a sequence of events that could take place if we don't do this mitzvah properly. And we're going to look at it very shortly just to understand where the Chumash is coming from when it tells us to bench. But what I'm getting at here is this is not just any other mitzvah, and apparently this is not just a gesture of gratitude. So if it's not, then what exactly is it? So here's what we have to try to understand. Now let's let's look back in the Chumash. Let's let's try to piece things together. Okay, so what do I mean about the historical background? So if you look in the Chumash, the beginning of Parakhas. So I mentioned that the that the pasuk that has the um, the the reference to the command of benching that's pasuk yud. But the whole parak goes. Um, from so it's parakhas, it goes from Aleph all the way to Chaf. There are 20 Pesukim here. We don't have to do every single Pesuk, um, you know, line by line in Hebrew. Well, maybe we'll do some in Hebrew, some in English. But let's just get an understanding of why does it require 20 Pesukim to present the mitzvah of benching. Right, that, that, that's, that's really what I'm wondering here. Okay, so the Chumash tells us, so, so every mitzvah, right, the entire mitzvah that I command you, you have to guard and do. Okay, and that would include everything, including benching, right? In order that you should live, that you should be able to multiply, to come to the land that which Hashem has sworn to your forefathers. Okay, so now talk about broad. We're talking about keeping the entire Torah, right? Everything Hashem says and going into the land. Okay, well, that should include benching too. So, you know, um, well, like well, why we have this, this big um, introduction. V'zacharta es kol says Hashem, or really says Moshe Rabbeinu, remember the entire path, remember the entire trip, asher holicha Hashem elokecha zeh, arboim shana b'midbar, l'man anoscha l'nasoscha, so remember the entire trip that Hashem has walked you on um, these 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, in order to afflict you and to test you, l'adas, in order to know, and then here we mean to know in a practical way, not just intellectual, to know what's manifest in your heart in, in real time, if you're going to actually keep the mitzvahs or not. Interesting. So we're talking about how Hashem tested us in the wilderness to know if we would keep His Torah or not. Okay, fine. Let's keep going. So then the Pasuk continues. And here Moshe Rabinu continues with a discussion about food. And he afflicted you and made you hungry, I guess is how we can translate that, or he let you get hungry. So he made you hungry and then he fed you mun. Which you did not know, and your, even your forefathers didn't recognize it. Why? 
to show you, to make it known to you, ki lo al halechim levado adam, that it's not just on bread alone that man lives, which is ironic because we learn some halachos from the phrase le'am al halechim adam, but not for now. Ki al kol fi Hashem adam. Not just by bread alone does man live, but on all that emerges from the mouth of Hashem, man lives. Okay, so why does Hashem give us the man? Apparently to demonstrate that it's not just by food that man lives, but whatever comes out of Hashem's mouth. So I don't know if that means that the man came from Hashem's mouth. It came from his command. I don't think we're eating already chewed food, um, right? ABC bread. Um, but no, so, so fine. that's what the Pasuk says here. And then Moshe Rabbeinu continues, Your clothing did not wear out on you. Your feet didn't wear out. Fine. Um, so the, the Pasuk says that Hashem chastises, He tests us, and He gives us um, certain kinds of, I don't know if I would call it suffering, but Hashem gives us trials. Um, and, the, and the way um, an adult, a man would give us some trials to the son, to either to, to chastise or to, you might say, to rebuke, or in, in, in another sense, to train us. So then we go back to a general description about guarding the mitzvos, that this is what we're supposed to do. Fine. And it's at that point that then Moshe Rabbeinu segues to talking about the land. So, so far, everything Moshe Rabbeinu has said in this parak is about keeping the entire Torah, remembering the journey that we've been on, and how Hashem tested us through things like food, and he gave us clothing. Fine. So Hashem is now going to be bringing you into the good land, that is uh, that has streams of water, Ionos, um, Usahomos, has a lot of has a lot of wellsprings, Yotzin Babiko Vahar. And then we get another famous Pasuk, Eretzchito, Usaora, Vegefen, Usaina, Verimun, Eretzes, Shemnu Devash, we have the seven species, fine. And then Mushra Rabbeinu comes back to the topic of bread. A land where you will not be eating bread with poverty, with with scarcity, with scarcity. It's gonna you're, you're gonna have the food you need, right? Kolba. Um, it's gonna be a land that's not gonna be lacking anything. Everything is gonna be right there. It's a land whose stones are of iron, whose mountains you'll mine copper. So you're gonna be very very wealthy. It's then, at that point, when Moshe Rabbeinu says, V'yachalta v'savata uveirachta es Hashem elokecha ala aretz atov And it's at that point that you're going to eat, you're going to, and you're going to be satisfied, and then you're going to bless Hashem for the good land that He has given you. So, what, what, what do we do with that? So far, it sounds like we are not just talking about food, but we are talking about the land. Why is it important that we talk about the land when we, when we talk about the food? So, based on everything we've said now, you might already start to be putting together an answer. Right? We'll just think about the, the, the order of things that Moshe Rabbeinu has discussed. Moshe Rabbeinu's goal here, apparently, is that we keep the Torah. This is what he's saying. Keep the entire Torah. And part of that conversation, he says, remember the journey. 
Remember, Hashem tested you to see if you'd keep the Torah or not, and He, he um, made you eat man that you weren't familiar with to demonstrate that it's not just food that, that helps you live. Okay, fine. All good. Then Moshe Benin says, and then Hashem's going to bring you to a land. He's going to bring you to a land that bread will be very easy to access. And I want you to thank Hashem for the land. Okay? That's just a review of everything that we've said. Now, we go to what happens if we don't do that. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, and just be careful. Be careful lest you forget Hashem. Right? When's the scenario where you forget Hashem? Presumably it's when you don't acknowledge Him. Right? If, if you don't fulfill the uveirachta as Hashem elokecha, you don't bench. So that would be a demonstration of forgetting Hashem. And says Moshe you're going to forget Hashem, then you're going to neglect the mitzvos. What might you do? Maybe you'll eat and be satisfied. And then you'll build really nice houses, and then you're going to live in them. What's wrong with building houses and living in them? And what's the problem with that? Well, let them build houses and live in them. Okay, I'll, I'll acknowledge that the Pasuk here does not say that we are blessing Hashem. It doesn't say, Pentochal v'savato v'erachta uvatintavim. So where apparently Moshe Rabbeinu, he throws out the word uvirachta, right? What are we concerned that you might do? You might eat and be satisfied. And what's the next thing, the very next thing that you're going to do? Well, what's it going to be? You're going to build houses. So maybe part of the problem is you didn't bench, you didn't thank Hashem, but what did you do? You decided to build houses. What is wrong with building houses? Think about it. We'll come back to it because at first glance, it seems like a nice and very fair and innocent and appropriate thing to do to build houses. But what does that have to do with not thanking Hashem? Think about it. It's, uh, the, the answer is, is very powerful. We'll come back to it. Fine. Your, your, your cattle is going to increase. You're going to get a lot of money. Everything you're going to have is going to increase. And your heart is going to get arrogant. And you're going to forget Hashem. Interestingly, the Chumash says for the second time you're going to forget Hashem. What aspect are we talking about here? Why does he repeat that you're going to forget? Just read further. You're going to forget Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt. Meaning before, you were going to forget Hashem by neglecting the mitzvahs, right? Just not doing what you're supposed to do. But now you're forgetting Hashem entirely, all of the things that Hashem has done for us taking us out of Mitzrayim. Another line that actually makes it into our benching, right? Um, right? Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim from the house of bondage. Fine. So again, the, 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 the one who led you, who leads you right now through the great and mighty desert. Through with it has snakes and scorpions and 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 has thirst. There's no water here. The one who provided you water by uh, coming right out of a rock. We mentioned the man again. Again, and this is really it's kind of like a chiastic structure. You remember all the things that Hashem had done for you, how he took you from Mitzrayim, he led you to the Midbar, lest you forget that he took you out of Mitzrayim, took you through the Midbar, gave you the money and tested you with it. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu 
says basically, remember all the history, lest you forget all the history. Sounds like this mitzvah of benching has a lot to do with history. And if you look at our formula for benching, our formula for benching contains a lot of history, which at first glance, when it comes to just eating food, seems to be irrelevant. But here, Moshe Rabbeinu seems to be saying, no, it's, it's the essence of Bir HaSamazam. So what exactly is it? Let's keep going. You're going to say, my own strength and might was what acquired me this wealth. And then ultimately you're going to remember Hashem. So is, I don't know if it, is, is it a command that you should remember? Or is it saying what's ultimately going to happen? You will remember that Hashem is the one that gives you the koach to amass your wealth. For what purpose? So that you can uphold the bris. That which once again, is that which Hashem swore to the Avos up until this day. Two more psukim to the entire parak. We've actually been able to get through all of them in Hebrew, so we may as well continue. If you do forget Hashem your God, you're going to follow I'm letting you know in advance you will perish. That which Hashem is causing to perish, those nations Hashem is causing to perish before you, so will you perish. This will be the direct consequence of not listening to the voice of Hashem your God, and that is where the parak ends. We have a whole parak for the presentation of Birch HaSamazon, and what have we learned? So let's go back to some of our questions. We're trying to figure out what exactly is benching. Why does, you know, is, is benching just a biblical command? You got to do it because you got to do it. Is it just gratitude? Say thank you because it's the right thing to do coming from your heart. And if so, right, why do you need a special command to thank Hashem? Gratitude, just the moral, should require you to thank Hashem. You need, you need a mitzvah to tell you to thank Hashem? That's number, that was like number one. And number two... Well, um, is it real gratitude if you're being commanded to do this? And if it's just a command or a gesture of thank you, why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to give us a whole entire history lesson? And what exactly does Eretz Yisrael have to do with all of this? And what exactly does the trip through the Midbar and to being taken out of Mitzrayim, what does that have to do with me eating a piece of bread, eating a pizza this afternoon? Why do we have to mention bris, Torah, why do we have a berachas aris? Why do we have a bracha and binyan yerushalayim? What is this all about? So clearly, once again, this is not just a, a a gesture of thanks, because again, we could argue the moral should have commanded you to do that. You don't need a mitzvah to command you to do that to say thank you. And maybe you could make maybe you could argue that, that we could say the same thing by kivat of aim, perhaps, perhaps. But if it was just about thank you, you wouldn't have to mention the way our forefathers were taken through a midbar. Unless Hashem maybe wants our thank you to go a certain, to a, to a certain place, right? Saying thank you doesn't mean that I owe you my life, right? You do me a favor, it doesn't mean I owe you my life. Just because you, right, someone delivers you the pizza, that doesn't mean you owe them your life. But it sounds like when we bench, we're actually kind of telling Hashem that we do owe Him our life, right? There's a line between gratitude and an expression, a pledge 
that I actually owe you my entire life. And this is the line between, again, normally just saying thank you, Hodu Lashem, versus Hodu Lashem Kitov Ki Liolam Chasto, that your kindness is forever. The difference between Todaraba or Rabadabdab, thanks for the grub, and the entire formula that we have for benching, the history, the forewarning, the understanding. Why does Moshe Rabbeinu need to mention Eretz Yisrael? Because the whole point, apparently, of everything Hashem took us through in the Midbar was so that we could understand that we don't just get by because we have food. Right? Oh, food means survival. If you have food, you have everything. You're, you're set to go. And if you know the natural way to get food, you're even more set. You're capable of building a house. You're well on your way. What's wrong with building a house? There's nothing wrong with building a house. But if the thing that you do after you eat and you are satisfied, if the thing that you do next after you've gotten what you need from the natural um, elements of this world and your next mode of action, your next response is not to thank Hashem, to bless Him and acknowledge that we owe Hashem our lives, but what do we do? We continue on our own agenda. We build a house. And what do we do when we build a house? Let's think back to the very first um, uh, major building in the in the um, uh, the first major building in the Torah, not the Teva, but the same parsha a little bit later, right? Noach building the Teva was what Hashem commanded him to do. But there was a building that mankind built that was not within the the, the realm of what Hashem wanted. And what was that building about? The Tower of Babel. We spoke about this in Parsha Panorama, all the way back in Parsha's Noach. And what was that building a structure about? We gave a bunch of different explanations, but, but most basically is, look what mankind can do. Look, we did it. The war against Hashem may not have been a physical fist fight or a war with weaponry. It wasn't about nuclear you know, weapons, but it was just the, the, the theological, the conceptual philosophical war of, look what mankind can do if God just stays out of his way. Look, I built a house. Look, I got silver and gold. Look, I got cattle. Hey, I'm doing pretty well. In a land that naturally produces food for you, you might just say, look, I, you leave it up to the elements, to Mother Nature, to science. We have everything we need. We're able to figure it out. That's the person who does not bless Hashem after everything. That's the person who is failing exactly where Hashem warns us you could fail, if you're in a generation that did not experience the falling of the mun, a person who thinks that, yes, that a person only lives based on bread, not based on everything that comes from the mouth of Hashem, the Hashem decides man's fate. That's a person who does not acknowledge that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. That's a person who does not acknowledge that Hashem is the one that brought us into the Eretz. That, even if you're not in Eretz Yisrael, but you're in Gullus, but you're in a place where you have food, don't think that it just happened by natural means. Right? Hashem spent 40 years feeding us mun just so that he can get us out of that thinking that that's how things work. And so now we start to understand a little bit. Hashem says, I'm going to give you a good land. And you're going to thank Hashem for the land. Why not thank Hashem for the food? I mean, we, we are thanking Hashem for the food. That, that's the first bracha, berchas hazan. Right? Well, once we have the mun, that's when Moshe should be instituted the bracha. Why? Hashem instituted the Moshe being instituted the bracha when we got the mun because that's when we first started to realize that it's Al Yudei Hashem. That's where our food comes from. 
But then we have another bracha, Berchas Aretz, right? That's the one that's in the Pasuk. Why? Because even if Hashem is not the one putting the food on your plate, but He just puts you in the land, you might think, look, I got a great land and, and, and now I can make my food. All natural. No. Where did the land come from? That's what you have to thank Hashem for. Every step of the way, there's something that we could be thanking Hashem for. And why do we have to mention Bris and Torah? Because this was the premise. Moshe Rabbeinu started off by saying, why is Hashem taking you through this, cra- this crazy journey to see if you're going to be devoted to Him or not when you're vulnerable and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, but you keep the Torah anyway. You stick to your covenant, to your bris. We have to mention Torah and bris in benching. Why? And you might not even be Yotze benching if you leave these things out. And it's because benching is not just a gesture of gratitude, and it's not just something that you have to do. But much like bread, benching is a staple. It's a reality check. It's, it's a reset, a reminder of the reason for the existence of our entire material life. Why did Hashem bring us this far? And we can easily miss out on the entire purpose of life. Every time we sit down to eat a meal has to be a time where we don't just let that go by and say, listen, I'm naturally just doing what, what I do. You know, biologically, physiologically, I need to eat food, I eat food, and that's and I go on with my day. Absolutely not. We do not just go on with our day. Every time we sit down and eat and say, hey, wow, I'm satisfied, I've just gained from this world, that's a time that we have to take a step back and say, what is my purpose? And birchas hamazon, if we pay attention to just what the words mean, in the basic meaning of each bracha invention, is saying, acknowledge the journey that Hashem has brought us on. That I think I just ate a piece of pizza and now I can get on with my day. No, 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 no. You ate a pizza that came from somewhere, ultimately came from Hashem. The same Hashem that took you through the Midbar, who took you out of Mitzrayim, and trained you to recognize that Hashem is in charge. It's not just saying thank you. No, it's I owe you my entire life because the whole essence of my existence is so that I can uphold the bris, so that I can keep the Torah. That is why Hashem enables me to be able to be sustained by the food that I eat. And that's what Birch HaSemazim is about. Is it a mitzvah? Yes. Is it a gesture of gratitude? In a certain sense, in a basic sense, very much so. But it's so much more than that. And hopefully, you know, we have this understanding that, again, it's not al halachem yechiha adam levado, but really it all comes back to Hashem. And every single time we eat, it's not just he's the person who, who, who brought the pizza to the door. But he's the one that created all the circumstances that lead to us being able to live each day. And what does that demand of me then? That I say thank you? No. You know, you say thank you to the pizza man. Right? And you, you say thank you to Uncle Moshe, who wrote a great song about the pizza man. <laughs> but you say, and you say thank you to anyone who does you a favor. But to Hashem, it's it's uh, on everything, on the entire earth. Everything Hashem has given you. Yes, Eretz Yisrael, of course. And that's why it's at that time where we're acknowledging all this, that we have a bracha of Binyan Yerushalayim. That at the end of the day, we want to reach the goal. If it's all about the bris and the Torah, then it has to then conclude and culminate into Binyan Yerushalayim, where Hashem wants us to ultimately be. We're not supposed to forget the land that Hashem had given us. And if we neglect to think about that, 
if I'm just eating and then going on with my day, then, you know, then, then, then I'm not, uh, then I'm forgetting the destination. I'm forgetting the goal. I'm forgetting the whole purpose of my life. We thank Hashem for the land. We also ask Hashem that that same land be restored. And that's Hashem, you know, we should be able to have such powerful experiences when we bench, right? And it's very hard because we all know the song. We, you know, we all rah, rah, rah to, to the different parts of benching. And we know the tune. Let's try to know the essence. Let's try to understand what it means and properly thank and acknowledge Hashem. And more than that, to recognize the reason for our existence every single time we, we have this, this sustenance from the material world. Remember what it's all for. Anyway, that takes us through this particular Real Talk Torah. Until next time, you know, as I always say, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.